and a one, two, three, go, hey, huh, uh-huh, oh uh, yeah, uh, 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 make some uh, noise. <laughs> oh my god, these intros are so, so fun to do. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Cabo, bienvenue, and welcome back to another episode of Liberté. I have never been so excited for an episode. So it's me again, your fresh face host, Omobukola, and I'm just here to tell you that yes, I have another episode for you right now. And this episode, we have two guests two very inspiring men so we have dare and abobe dare is the founder of assets which stands for anti-suicide and depression squad and abobe has an ngo which is called we all need healing so these two men and their ngos are just doing very very incredible things and i just implore you to check them out and today with them we had a very very inspiring and encouraging conversation on mental health the different scenarios how we view it and how we can maintain it these people are out here in you know in the roots doing their work just being awesome as they are and i'm so excited to share this with you so just grab something grab some amala grab some tea grab some whatever have a nice view in front of you and just listen and enjoy All right, hello everyone. Um, it's an amazing privilege to be at Le Party. I hope I got the pronunciation well. It's good, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so my name is um, Daria Sobolev. I'm a lawyer, project manager, and as well as um, a humanitarian. I'm also the founder of Anti-Suicide and Depression Squad, which both are sad. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just literally just see what we can do in the mental space, helping people, talk to people, as well as um, trying to get data analysis on the mental issues happening in um, Nigeria. But currently, we are based in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also partner with a couple of other um, NGOs as well. I'm also the founder of the Executives of the Initiative, which is like the current NGO um, in which Assas is under technically at the moment right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's just about it. Um, for me. Now that's awesome. I didn't know you were actually a lawyer. You explained to me what you did, and yeah. I never actually thought that you you did you studied law. Yeah, that's quite so. interesting. That's like super super cool stuff back to back. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's nice He's to meet you. Also, he has like a very impressive resume. I can see yeah. that, and, and this this is obviously just like a snippet, you know, just a little bit, you know, just just give you guys some some. Um, so yeah, my name is Ibubiago. Basically, I'm into storytelling, social impact, and capacity development. That's how I that's how I make sense of all the things I do, right? So I'm a creative. I write, mm-hmm. and yeah, I run a, a social enterprise. We work with, you know, teenagers and underserved communities and stuff. And an NGO, it's a mental health, you know, based organization. It's called We All Need Healing Initiative. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, some of the things I do. Yeah, I'm also into branding. So, 
part of my creative side. No. I like dancing. You like dance, seriously? Yeah, I didn't say I can dance. I said I like dancing. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. And I like very... you. I joined you in that community of people that that's, like dancing. That's what's up. because i think i think this is perfect because i like to dance but i have no rhythm so like we've we right now we form like the perfect trio and we need to like normalize africans or black people not knowing how to dance but liking to (laughs) to move their body anyway i wrote about it (laughs) <laughs> I wrote about it in a post like a while ago on my page. I was talking about, really, you know, yeah, like the reason like why people are so, you know, hung up on like not doing things that they actually love because of people's perception, you know, things that are supposed to be mm-hmm. human instincts, you know, things like singing, like dancing, things that are natural. Now, because there's a standard mm-hmm. to it, people feel the pressure to live up to a certain standard of dancing and it doesn't make sense. So you love dancing, but you don't yeah. dance because you feel you can't dance. And that in itself is flawed logic. So I, I am super excited that, and I've said it like a hundred times, like I'm super excited that you guys are here right now so that we can have this discussion. So basically, um, Dare and Abube, starting with either of you, like why did you start your NGOs? What what did you see that encouraged you to start your NGOs? Um, okay, so for me, um, so I started the Executive Self Initiative in 2013 while I was still a student at Unilag as a law student. I didn't really start like 2018, like years after I was done school. Uh, so it wasn't until beginning of 2018 and I decided, you know what, let's start something called ASAT. But for me personally, it was having like an experience. So I used to be suicidal and depressed and I was able to come out of it through spiritual meaning, God bringing me out of it. But then I realized that like, I needed to get more training more knowledge in being able mm-hmm. to help people as well as partnering with other professionals in the space and um, getting more knowledge. So that's how I found myself in that space. And then looking back as to what we've done in the last three years, um, I'm really amazed. I don't like the fact that I was suicidal and depressed, but I mm-hmm. see it as part of the journey. So if I didn't go through all of those things, I wouldn't have been able to like, you know, fully understand when someone says they're depressed or suicidal and all of it. So just seeing the impact analysis of what we've done last year does make me happy and um, keep coming up with new innovative ways but I, I'm not doing this alone I have a team which I'm really grateful to God for so yeah that's just about it and just seeing how the issues keep metamorphosizing day by day um, you know lack of professionals enough professionals adequate professionals um, as well as um, you know seeing how we can really just tackle the issues from the root cause basically seeing how mm-hmm. everything does connect um, is one of the reasons why this website you know, starts. We all need healing. It basically started from a book I wrote in 2018. I published a collection of poems, you know, that's my first book. And it was titled, We All Need Healing. And basically, like, what inspired it was, like, experience that I had, right? And it wasn't really, well, you could argue it wasn't a mental thing. It was more interpersonal. And it's ironic because most times when people used to ask me about the book, they expect that maybe I was hurt, right? And then I was like, oh, we only cheating. But it was kind of like the reverse was the case because um, I inadvertently hurt someone yeah. as a result of something I did. And this is someone I truly, like, actually wholly loved, right? And so it got me to a place where, you know how, like, you have this guilt. It's funny that, oh, yeah, you're supposedly the one that hurt someone, but you heard that this person is hurt, but then you can't take ex- exactly own up to being hurt because you have no right to be hurt 
<laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But um, just realizing the fact that I'm more like with how much I think I care for this person, I'm flawed enough to still hurt them. You know, so yeah, we were all broken and, and stuff and we all need healing. So that was like how the book came about. But then after the book, it just kind of like slowly became some kind of movement. You know, the whole idea was that basically we all hurt and everything. So no matter where we are from, we all need love. And so just slowly yeah. it came to the point where um, we felt like we needed to make this more official to be able to function more properly. And um, yeah, and uh, I just, you know, came about like mental health and really I saw that it was a it was a space where even with all the amazing work people are doing, there's still such a huge gap, right? So basically like mm-hmm. the inspiration was to normalize conversations around mental and emotional wellness. It's quite interesting because both of you have had personal experiences, but one is more internal and the other is external. But before we go into that, I wanted to ask, Ibube, why did you choose to move the discussion into Clubhouse? Basically, like I said, the objective is to normalize the conversation. So uh, one of the things we're big on is creating spaces where people feel comfortable enough to talk about these things. Um, spaces where people feel seen, you know, where they understand that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. And and that's what we've experienced in those rooms, you know. Someone shares and you see people yeah. tapping yeah. their mics like, oh, wait, so this is not only me. Like, so people, like other people also go through this. And it's such a light bulb moment because sometimes you don't even, we, we don't even need to go as far as therapy sometimes. Sometimes all you need to know is that, yo, I'm not some strange weirdo, mm-hmm. in quote, normal, right? There are other people that have battles like this with me. So basically, like, with, you know, Clubhouse coming into um, the space, we just realized, ah, this is a, an opportunity to have these type of conversations. And there are people that are moving, you know, to Clubhouse. So let's make use of it and... Um, create that space and so that's typically what we do in our rooms and these are always small spaces it's crazy the things that people share you know we have people come on and talk about things that they've never shared before they're like well this is the first time i'm ever saying this and people break down and like yo people are going through stuff and sometimes all they need is to know that someone cares and is there so that's basically why you know well done well done people well done thanks bro bro love the bro love is happening right now (laughs) but anyways um dari does something similar with asad so every saturday if i'm correct or every two weeks every every third saturday so every third saturday asad um has conversations and chill so basically um what's able base we all need healing offers on clubhouse you kind of offer it on a more personal level which is on a more physical level and why have you chosen this way to have the conversation all right so basically because of the lockdown you can imagine for like give or take almost a year people couldn't go out people could not connect basically yeah. everybody's on zoom everybody's on whatsapp you know? so it was just there was just this disconnect where people just wanted to know what what like social social animals basically we just love to interact basically people are tired of you know not being able to see people and all so we just felt like you know this was something we usually do which we're going to bring back which is a monthly support group session where yeah. we gather people sign on the special agreement and then we get facilitated but the essence of the conversation and chill was we sort of have like a laid-back conversation you know where people gather you know just talk about um, various mentality issues just to sort of ease in the conversation people that are the ignorant yeah. Um, so that they themselves can become mental health advocates every after that situation, and they don't have to worry about the food. 
So I was able to partner with an American company oh, yeah. that has decided to cover um, you know, our monthly expenses every month. Yeah. Um, so people don't have to worry that, oh, um, I can't pay for this and all of those things, you know, so it's covered, but we have to select the energy in the room. So we select people, so there's a, currently there's a Google form now, they ask people questions, so that when they come, we sort of um, mm-hmm. make them go back to think about the conversation. So, I mean, the last, yeah. we just started last month, and it was really amazing, you know, people sort of had a shift, and um, I'm, I'm watching them, I'm seeing those, that, and I see the various that are taking steps and actions towards becoming mental advocates, because we need more advocates, just like you said, you know, it's not something one or two people can do. We need as many people having this conversation and, you know, doing something about it. Yeah, um, yeah that's really important. So yeah, um, apart from, like, the stigma that comes with being an advocate, I wanted to ask, what are the hurdles you, your NGO, like Darian Abel Bay, what, what hurdles have you had to jump and have to, to make your distinct voices heard in this conversation? As... An NGO, as in as a registered body, we're still pretty um, new. We're still babies. We just registered last year. Yeah, I should, <laughs> yeah. I should like, make a pop champagne just in on this. Thank you, senior. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like one of the things that I've already seen up front is it's easy to be dismissed as in the work that we do because... Yeah. Let's let's you know talk about funds. You know, Darren mentioned like the support that you know they're getting from, you know, the American mm-hmm. organization or you know and stuff. And it's easy to generate funds for. Let's say we wanted to help um, girls in underserved communities. I wanted to provide them with say um, sanitary pads, right? Or want to pay school fees for twenty kids. Now, these are all noble causes. I'm not even speaking down on them at all, right? But because of how people can easily overtly relate to these things, it's easier to get support. Yeah. But when you are talking about something as fundamentally critical as mental health, it's harder to articulate. It's harder Mm -hmm. to garner support. It's harder for people to see the need in this. Like, why should we spend in quotes, so much. Like, what? It's like, because it's not like a bridge broke now, like, physically. It's not like someone's house burns. It's internal. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you can't sell the vision to people, it's just hurdles left, right, and center, yeah. you know? So that's one of the things. Um, and I think it, it makes sense because that's the reason we're even established to make these things normal because if people understand that, this affects your entire being. So you cannot shove it. You cannot say this is not, you cannot, it can be an afterthought. Yeah. You know, so just basically yeah. selling the vision to people and making them see how important it is for all of us to get on this, I think is one of the biggest um, challenges. Some of the struggles were, you know, what was the direction? Would people listen to me? Like I told you, I'm a lawyer. What background do I have? How do I go about it? Mm. You know, so I knew that I needed to partner with people that were already in the field, and I knew that I had to take some classes or sort of get certifications. Yeah. Uh, as well, uh, also um, trying to build a team. I think one thing I'm really grateful for is having a team, uh, because you know when people say they want to volunteer, just like you said, it's not just like the regular NGOs or organizations that you know you want to feed people. This has to do with mental health. So if you have team members that don't go through some sort of training or some sort of academy. Um, being trained, okay, this is what mental health is, this is what mental health first aid is, 
it's, it's really going to be difficult. Also, you know, as uh, as an NGO, so we don't pay anyone at the moment, you know, so trying to find loyal, consistent volunteers that are willing to give their time, sacrifice, is, is really a big thing. So one has to be creative, yeah. you know, in terms of how do you um, feel that sense of purpose from your volunteers so that they are able to give in energy and um, legal towards uh, what you're trying to achieve as an organization so that nobody feels like, oh, um, you know, after all, they're not paying me and all of those things. Because those are some of the struggles mm. initially. And also being able to be emotionally intelligent because people are coming from different backgrounds and, you know, you're talking to different kinds of people. People are feeling entitled. Okay. Don't forget, nobody's paying us. You know, we're supposed to do this for people. <laughs> And people yeah. are feeling entitled to the service. They, they want you to be this, 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 and all of those things. So, um, you know, having to deal with all of those things and finding the balance as we can, you know, also we, we definitely will need money, um, mm-hmm. you know, to do this thing. So I, I think one thing I'm happy for was last year, um, PwC was able to give us one million naira uh, to support us. We didn't write a letter. So it, it, it sort of made me understand that people are watching, mm-hmm. you know, and so if people are watching you, so I just want to encourage you to be like, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. People are watching. Yes, and, you know, once people see that, um, you know, you are legit because one of, one of that issue we have to fight is there are so many um, NGOs that are, you know, that have already sort of spoiled the name of scams mm-hmm. and all of those things. I can tell you that we've never applied for a foreign grant, but we always have funds for what we're doing uh, yeah. because we just, you know, we just, we just find a way to make it work regardless and all of those things. And that's, that's just been my push for me, basically, like make it work regardless of um, whatever it is that is happening. And then in, in doing that, like people just observe, I'm like, oh, wow, these people are really doing what they can. And, you know, just even also being able to create a template that other people can follow uh, as well as, you know, also ensuring that are you really doing the right thing? And mm. So yeah, finances, getting loyal people, creating systems in place to educate people as well as keeping record. Um, those are very, very important things uh, that you know, from time to time we still struggle with and we just have to keep coming up with creative ways to um, deal with this. From your for something that um, a lot of people actually know exists because we maybe um, people don't really talk about it in the sense of saying it's mental health but when it, it's like there are days when we feel depressed there are days when we feel um, you know not up to a lot of things there are days like when you talk about the mental wellness spectrum it goes from like um, it could go it could go from um, depression or mild depression to like major eating disorders and all that. So people see the even if it's like a mental thing or something that isn't seen, it's something that has um, physical repercussions. It has in some cases or in a lot of cases physical um, consequences. So sure. why do you feel? Why do you feel that um, it is people still don't grasp the idea of of the 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 idea of mental wellness? All right. Um, so from 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 my experience so far, like in terms of listening to people and observing everything that is happening, uh, in order to even sort of help is why we created the Assad Store. So Assad Store is an initiative on the Assad where we go to communities, rural areas, to sort of educate them about mental because we still have millions of people that are not online and also go to secondary schools as well as universities to talk about mental health. Now the truth now is there's still stigmatization when it comes to mental health, whether we like it or not. Um, some people still think it's a spiritual problem. 
I'm not <laughs> even saying that it is not a spiritual problem. Yeah, there are some spiritual problems. Uh... And uh, so, yeah, some people do think it's spiritual. Some people feel like it doesn't exist. And you will be surprised. Like recently, I saw on Twitter, someone tweeted like it was about to die and all of those things. Or rather, someone did commit suicide. I think it was on Money Africa or Instablog. And a comment was like, wow, this generation, they don't have uh, mental strength. Oh. You know, so in as much as that comment was sensitive, that comment was actually ignorant. So that mm. person was talking based on their experience. Sometimes I have conversations with the older generation and they can't even relate to some of the things that people commit suicide on. You know, as little as mm. um, a relationship, a broken relationship, someone takes their life um, yeah. or someone is broke, someone cannot afford to pay their debt and they take their life. Mm. It doesn't make yeah. sense to some the older generation because they're like, oh, you know, and so we need to be able to educate the older generation to be sensitive because even at home, you know, parents comparing the kids, they sort of, you know, messes with their self-esteem, they're insulting a child, they're seeing all sorts of things too. You know, these people does break their spirit and all of those things. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it's really, it's really, really fundamental. It's really, really fundamental. So basically, um, it's a situation of people still don't know. It's like when you're dealing with something, you can't just put words to it. So we have those that... Um, they've heard, they, they've not heard about it yet, or some that have heard mm-hmm. about it, but they don't know who to talk to. It's also something that it's not everybody that can feel comfortable sharing um, some of the things that are troubling them. They can't even tell their parents, they can't tell their loved ones, which is why um, you know we are trying and also trying to help other organizations to see how you know platforms can be created for those online as well as those offline to be able to have confidentiality. Yes. Um, I can even tell you that there's also the L- LGBT community even in Nigeria, but the Nigerian laws doesn't allow for this. So you can imagine them feeling like, where can they go to? Who can they talk Mm. to? You know, and so many other um, issues um, that are there. So yeah, um, it's not that people are ignorant. It's more of a situation of, can people afford this? Even those that can afford Mm. this, are they willing to pay? Is the service service authentic? How do you Mm. verify that the service is authentic? And what do you do um, to be able to fully explain to people that see this is the situation of things you have to be able to do this and is there a trust fund to pay for um, professional because professionals people have gone to school for years you know yeah. i did five years in, in unilag i went to law school and then i also had to like you know do like two years you know so five years um you know learning and all of those kind of things so let's give or take i sacrifice almost 10 to 20, 12 years of my life I mean, the, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I imagine someone yeah. did that. Someone wants to be paid. Yeah. Um, so, in as much as also are doing NGO, we need to sort of how are you going to pay for the bills, how are you going to pay for the space, and all of those things. So, yes. um, yeah. So it's a lot of work, and it really needs um, serious intervention here in Nigeria. Do you feel that at some point the Nigerian government could somewhat create a policy where? Um, for any medical attention, but even mostly specifically mental health um, medical attention, that they could create something, a policy that could kind of help people pay for these services so that they wouldn't always have to think of, how am I going to afford this? I think hopefully someday in a very not so near future, it's possible. Um, And this is, you know, I'm just trying to be very practical because of the system that we have set up, right? Even talking mm-hmm. about physical health, you know, you have to talk about what kind of um, healthcare plans do people have available? How many people in the country, you know, 
have you know those healthcare plans available, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's the quality of it? What's what's even what what is it worth? Now mm. this is talking about physical health, right? This is um, to show you how deep it goes. So to mm. now talk about having some form of um, you know setup where people get you know mental health um, treatment or support. Um, and it's basically funded by the government, it's possible, but it would take a lot. And first off, it, it has to do with the people making the policies, right? Mm. It cannot even be, that's why, I, you know, I said it, it would practically cannot be in the very, very near future. It has to be, let's say, people like Dare right now, yeah, people that are mm. actually in the space, people that have the understanding of what this is, you know, getting into those spaces and seeing that, yo, we can't, yes, we're doing good work, right, independently, but we can't sustain this. So how can we, yeah. you know, make this systematic? Of course, like you asked, it has to be with policies, right? Mm. So it's people that know, right? A generation that that's aware of this and not just aware, but they also have the capacity to deliver. Because that's where you see that divide. There are people that don't know, but then they have, mm. you know, influence and capacity. But then there are people that know but don't have that influence. So we need to get to that point where, you know, people that have both would get to those places of authority where they start to influence it. But um, I don't think it's 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 anytime soon, right? But I think that with all the work we're doing here and there, we're building towards it. Uh, just to just to add um one or two things to what Ibobe has said. Also, um so the, the, the reality is um is really the government doesn't have such or if they do it's not made public. So what some of the things that people have had to use, this is not even a mental health thing now. This is for just like you said, um, you know, someone needs to pay ten million for a cancer treatment or any of those things. People have had to use social media. Social media has been a blessing in Africa, in Nigeria. Yeah. So is either you're using the GoFundMe, Donate.ng, or you're using any of these social media platforms that have sort of created um, an atmosphere to be able to do something. Because it's so bad, um, um, okay, it's really bad that if someone can no. be shot and taken to the hospital and they're saying they're not going to treat that person until they get a report. And, and that's not the reality in other countries. It's possible to save no. the person's life and worry about all of those things you i i always see a lot like oh please come and help this person please come and help this person please come and help this person but um at some point the the whole the population is going to have something i learned about which is very funny it's called um giving fatigue is that you've given you've given you've given you've given even if you're not given like 20 you're given like five bucks or something it's like you've given, you've given, you've given, you've given, and then you're just tired of giving because you've given so much. And you realize that the government needs to step up at some point. It's not that they can't. It's just that at this point, they've chosen not to. That's just my opinion. So, I mean, just like another thing that will be said, which is very important, is policy. We would definitely mm -hmm. need policies and we would need people uh, because the truth is, the next 20, 25 years, some of these leaders are not going to be alive. I'm not praying for them to die. But Whatever. new people are gonna come and take over. So yeah. we want we want people that are really doing stuff in the space that are really passionate yeah. to get into power or sort of convince these people to see why there needs to be like a trust fund to be able to assist people. Because not even everyone can really raise that money. Yeah. 
because if you check online, um, you'll see, I think someone had an accident, so one person died, another person is still alive, he's currently fighting for his life in Nigeria, he's trying to raise yeah. maybe 10 million or so, so you see all these amounts that the government can easily pay for this, so if there was like a website where people can register, okay, just to show the dog, because I know that people might be skeptical, I know that there was an incident recently where someone lied about something and they already gave us 25 million or they took back the money or something like that, so yeah, but if there's a way to do <laughs> Due diligence, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a way to do due diligence. Like, okay, fine, you submit the application. Uh, once we can confirm, you know, someone from the team, even start up, they can even afford to start up an NGO that is just focused on that. But it's you know, government based where they just yeah. you know get the, the someone can travel down just to confirm that this is legit and then you know, mm-hmm. send because trust me, um, I feel like it's it's really possible, but just creating a system. Um, that can really make you work and ensuring that you know people do not um, take advantage of this because trust me everything that is good someone is trying to like you know take advantage of it or, or mess with it basically. so I, I really think it's possible right now everyone that has any medical issue has to resort to social media has to resort to crowdfunding has to resort to family members trying to raise money which which can really be embarrassing and bad because from my experience um, you know, I spoke about, I'm also the founder of EI. We currently have cases whereby people reach out. I know that every time we try to use GoFundMe, family members are not comfortable with it. Yeah. They were looking at their um, public image. Uh, they don't want people to know that they're dealing with this. So that is another issue, aside mm. from, you know, um, trying to do this. So, yeah. Definitely. And it's not even sustainable, right, Derek? Because... Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not. It, 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 it's, yeah, it's... But yeah, it's not sustainable. It's like we pay, like a lot of Nigerians pay taxes. So what are the taxes used for? Like that's 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 the reason why taxes are paid is to have structures and policies like that in place so that it can help the people that are paying the taxes itself. But then again, you mentioned that you know there we need to get to a point where um there are a lot like people are passionate about the subject can be in power where they can instill like these values and these policies and all that but i feel one way that we can do that apart from um apart from like making things known is that we can start instilling those values in the next generation we always see that any value that is instilled in a family well how do you feel that um parents could actually start right now instilling those values and promoting like the mental wellness of their children so that in turn they ha- they grow up with these values and instill it and instill them in others first off it's it starts with us right yeah you know for so long we talk about all the things our parents do and everything and well you know as the years go by we forget that the mantle or the baton really is being handed over to us and yeah. you'll find that sadly a lot of the mistakes that they made, we are already making them as is, you know? Mm. And it's crazy, but that's just the reality. Things that we were exposed to that we know were dysfunctional. Those are things that people are already replicating right now in their 20s, in their 30s. But we expect things to magically change with our generation. Could you like give an example of that? Oh, let me see. An example can't really think of one right now but there is this idea of you know always thinking first of all i think is starting with the mindset that um we're not better than the last generation because that's it's always a flawed mindset yeah you come from that angle that yo we know more we can you know we we are more enlightened and believe me the generation that came before you they are 
they are as a result of what they were exposed to. So it's not like, oh, you're something different. It's because we're not exposed, but there's the internet now. So we understand different things. You know, we talk about their social issues. We talk about patriarchy. We talk about mental health. Now it's because of exposure that most of the, you know, our predecessors didn't have. But if, you know, being practical now, we have to start talking about how we can raise our kids with this understanding. Let's, let me see, let me use guys for instance, yeah? There are still guys that are not comfortable talking about their emotions. Now, this is, of course, it's typical. It's something that we all know. But they feel, now. how can I tell my fellow guy, like, you know, things like this? Or how can I open up like this? And they don't know. You're already carrying that mindset into your marriage, into your family. And that's the same way you would raise the kids. If you don't have that mindset, if you haven't normalized having these type of conversations, you will see that you cannot create a space where people feel this is normal. Yeah. And if people don't feel this is normal, they will grow up with that same dysfunction and then the cycle continues. Mm. Right? Yeah. First off, us understanding, okay, the things that are dysfunctional, the, the trauma that we faced, First of all, people acknowledging self-awareness, that's the first thing. Mm. You know, acknowledging where that we are broken and how much, to what extent we're broken yeah. and what we can do to remedy it so that it doesn't become a transgenerational trauma, mm. you know? So I think yeah. it, it, it's different for different people, you know, different communities, different, you know, economic um, um, backgrounds or whatever, but it's, it's an, it starts with an awareness, and seeing the things that didn't go right and being conscious and taking practical steps to see that, yo, we are creating a space where the people coming after us, where our kids, where our friends, you know, will understand that this is normal. Now, I've, I've thought about an example. You know, we were talking about how um, Dari mentioned how, you know, mental health, uh, mental illnesses really are still stigmatized. And I remember reading somewhere how we have to be careful the kind of things we say. Yeah. You know how we can be so um, careless with our words. For instance, someone commits suicide or talks about depression. And, and then you go to the comment section and you make an insensitive remark, right? Mm. Whatever yeah. it is. It's not just about how insensitive it is to the person. It's about the people around you. Yeah. Let's say your friends see that comment already they know that this is your mindset towards this type of thing. So when they're facing yeah. something, believe me, they will not come and open up to you. Now, exactly. that's the same thing when it has to do with your family, with your kids, right? With raising yeah. a, um, a, a family, right? Mm. It's the kind of things you say when you're not even conscious, the kind of things, the way you react to different things. Like Jerry also mentioned, you know, the kind of way, the way you compare your kids to other people, other kids and things that you heard so much growing up that you feel is normal and now these are things that become your mantra we you have to be careful to understand how deep those things go and to decide that yo i'm not going to make the same mistake and i'm not i'm not going to feel this dysfunction very well said do you have anything to add Dari? yeah and um just also building um that mental stamina is also very important trust me um, I'm looking mm. back at my life and some of the words, just like you would say, words are very powerful. You know, some of the words that were said to me growing up sort of affected me until I sort of started being aware of who I was. 
and you know stop allowing people to tell me who I am and all of those things. Now, not everyone has that privilege to have that sense of realization of who they are. So we need to be careful what we say to people. Just like I can tell you, you're amazing or well done. You know, words, affirmations are literally powerful. Yeah. So if we use, if we can just use that energy of trying to criticize people, you know, why not say positive things to them? Just as little as well done. Um, you're doing amazing. Today's gonna be okay. Can really um go a long way because people copy what you your actions, not what you say. Yeah. You know, but at times, you know, words just have real, you know, starting something. They are seeds. Words are seeds that are just being planted in the minds of, of people. Exactly. And, you know, the 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 quality your the quality of your decision is based on the quality of the information you have received. I don't know yeah. if you get that. Just say the quality yeah. of your decision is based on the quality of information you have. So if you know better, then you will do better. Exactly. I, I, I kind of want to touch on mental wellness on every aspect. And the other aspect I want to talk about is like in the adult life, a lot of us go to work, we, we work, we have um, jobs and all that. We have colleagues and all that. And sometimes these places are very, very toxic. So for the past couple of years, we've been having Me Too movements, Me Too movements, Me Too movements. Sexual harassment, very important. But why don't we talk a lot more about mental harassment? Like, because it's, I think um, both genders actually equally face this in the workplace and why don't we talk more about it and how do you see like what would you say that these workplaces can do to create a safer environment for their employees yeah um so in nigeria man <laughs> the workplace <laughs> is, is, is something else I, I really can't say about um, other countries but like see even even the traffic alone can can mess things up you know, with you in terms of how you talk to people. And it's more of a situation in Nigeria, like, you know, transferred aggression. Mm. So your boss, if he's not happy at home, maybe his wife did something and the kid is coming to work and he's transferring it. There's no ethics that people follow. There's no code that people, even Even for most contracts, most employment contracts, they've already even breached it. They're saying you have to resume for nine, you have to close by five. But you have people closing by eight, nine, ten, eleven p.m., mm. And they have to yeah. resume the next day. So even from that, it already shows you that they don't really care about your mental health already. Mm. Because how many hours is someone supposed to function in a day that you are, you know, putting the person on a ridiculous amount of hours to, to do some works and all of those things. But, um, you know, so it's just, can we, can we sort of um, have organizations that can sort of check and advocate on this? Mm. So what that means now is the way you, there's an organization called Budget. They sort of um, check on the finances of the federal government in Nigeria, and you know it's okay. This is what is being spent and all of those things. So imagine having an organization that is just focused on the mental health policies in the workspace, like how do bosses talk to their clients and all of this. So I we get a lot of cases from you know being harassed by words spoken mm-hmm. to um, employees, and you know even that right now. Once you are getting paid from, say, from 200k and above, you know, your employer feels like they can talk to you anyhow. And <laughs> most, most likely people can't even talk to you. They can't talk back because they're like, if you talk back, they'll sack you. And this is your only source of income. So, you know, yeah. some of my friends have already gotten used to that. Like, they have to take they have to take it. They just have to take it because 
there's no other means. So we just have to take all of these things basically. And, and you know, that shouldn't be so. That shouldn't be uh, the case. But we need mm. to be able to even show people that it's possible to have a work environment that doesn't necessarily have to be toxic, as well as even having like a sort of mitigator, maybe a mental or professional facilitator whereby whenever there are issues, they, they pass through that particular person. Or, you know, HR should also be working in that space. You know, I, I'm, I'm an advocate for HR as a coach. I knew, you get but I, I knew you were going, I knew for, I, I had a feeling you were going to talk about HR. But yeah. what I've heard or what I understand about HR, HR isn't necessarily there to protect the employees. It's there to protect the company. Yeah. Do you get? So, so mm-hmm. people might not feel safe telling hr like oh this person has mentally harassed me or abused me and or this person is being emotionally abusive so is that necessarily a a sustainable solution okay so i just want to talk on this then maybe you can just take us i don't just say like in as much as the loyalty of hr is to the company hr needs to understand that it is the employees that also so hr is more like more or less the balance between the vision and then those that are going to execute the vision. Yeah. So without the vision and without the executors, like the company can't work. Yeah. So it's HR that is the balance. So aside from employing people, like there have been so many instances whereby in HR being patient with particular employees and finding out what they are dealing with, um, you know, things were able to improve and then giving them time and understanding how people are. Because we have so many personalities. Everyone, even the three of us, I'm sure our personalities are different. Yeah. And so we have to be able to speak each person's language, which can really be frustrating because the company just sees, oh, this needs to be done, blah, 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 this needs to be done. But you need people, you need the professionals, we need uh, mental professionals going into the HR space. Or rather, there should be mental trainings for those in the HR space to see how, yeah. you know this person is good at their job, but they just have one particular issue or the other. So how can you help that particular person overcome that issue and be able to get the best out of them? Because that's yeah. one thing we should focus on. Because once you're able to do that, then you realize that HR now becomes something more. Mm. Because I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to speak good referrals about a company that, oh, in as much as I'm living, I can't like their HR is good. Yeah. Because HR is like the first door when they come into the company. What's the policy like? You know, you make me feel comfortable. Some people might not even want to leave a company because of the HR, because this person was nice to me. This person checked up on me and all of those things. So it's about putting all of those systems in place and, you know, let people see the result. Because, I mean, we're saying all of these things, but uh, is there is there an example of a company that is doing this policy? I'm sure there are examples even in Lagos or Nigeria um, that are doing, um, you know, that have this policy whereby the HR is this and all of this. And sort of maintain the balance. Because we both need each other. We can't keep firing. I mean, I'm going to be scared to go to a company whereby the employees are not staying for three months or even six months or a year. Like, they just fire yeah. everyone. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what's wrong? What's going on? What's going on here? Nobody wants to enter that space. There's something is wrong. There's a cultural mm. issue, and there needs to be a cultural shift. We have to infuse mental health training into, um, you know, the trainings HR people receive, into uh, the the trainings managers receive, into the training secretaries receive, um, 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 educators, principals, head of schools, just name it, because those are the people that will. Those are the people that will really facilitate or whatever, foster the culture of that organization. Yeah. So if they don't even see why, believe me, no amount of, you know, back and forth will make them, you know, budge. But it's for them yeah. to be aware of it. So it, it, it ha- we have to go down to the roots, to education, whether it's 
people that are already in the spaces now to give them that training, people that are entering those spaces to make sure these are things that they know. When you said mental, when you said principle, like a lot of bad memories just flooded into my head. I, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, um, so we've been talking about certification. So Dari, um, you mentioned that you had to do a lot of things and you had to like inform yourself and, you know, get certain certifications to be, you know, for people to take you seriously. So what, what certifications were, yeah. What did you do to get to where you are right now? Um, so I had to take a behavioral change training because I believe that for anybody to change, it starts with their, their behaviors, their belief. And for one of the things that I've learned so far has been, you know, your mentality, you, Ebube, and every other person listening to this, we didn't, we didn't know what we know now the day we came into this world. Yeah. Everything was learned. Our yeah. faith, what we believe, what we say, how we think, we all learned it. So when we see people exhibiting certain traits or doing certain things, Everything is learned. And the same way it was learned, it can also be unlearned. But the only difficulty is the longer someone has an habit or someone has learned something, it might also take a, a period of time, a consistent period of time, to be able to unlearn this thing. So, you know, the same way we learn, we have to cultivate the habit of unlearning and relearning. So for me, yeah. it's been, it been more of a learning process, you know. Mm-hmm. Aside from just being, oh, I just got out of, you know, I just got out of depression. I want to help people and then doing it and then listening to people, people talking about cases that I had no idea of how to help them, you know, feeling at it, reaching out to professionals, asking for help, having to pay for trainings and all of those things. And, you know, saying, okay, you know what, I have to come into this so I can know more. Because like I said, you know, when you know more, when you know better, you know, you do better. So, and then being yeah. able to apply those things, I'm, I'm, I myself, because I've, I've been more focused. So as in as much as I'm trying to improve my own personal knowledge, I've sort of also focused on ensuring that I'm carrying my team along because, you know, one of some of the issues I see with most NGOs are everyone is focused on the founder or the founder is usually the face. Nobody's really focused yeah. on building a solid team because I, I, I see running EI, Asad, or some of, the, some of the organizations that I belong to that I'm running for free as this is something I'm doing for God. You know, that's me personally. So I see it as a caretaker. I don't see it as my own because I'm not, I'm not being yeah. paid. I'm not making money. So having that mindset and also trying to train people so that um, even if I have to step down or step back, someone else can continue uh, um, the work and also creating a template that can also be used for other organizations yeah. as well. So first things first, what I would say for anyone listening to this and feels like you can do something, you don't necessarily need to be a professional to start in terms of being a mental advocate. Yeah. You can use your mm-hmm. social media page, your WhatsApp, as it as have a nice day. You can also even go on Google to learn stuff, read articles. You can learn stuff online. And you can also go for trainings, pay for physical trainings and um, online trainings as well. Um, also, we're going to be doing so, a couple of free training. I've already, I'm even outsourcing our trainings to another foundation, uh-huh. you know, so that, you know, another foundation can handle the training. So there's a foundation. It's a Nigerian slash Ghanaian um, um, organization. I taught, I taught a couple of classes at their last um, um, training. So I, I'm also outsourcing to them so that, you know, there's partnership. People need to know that we can't do everything. So why they focus on the training, we can now focus on other um, aspects um, at the same time. Like living in a society, um, you know, where it almost seems like everything is out to get you. This, that, you know, your 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 employer is not paying your salary on time. You, um, your family is on your head. Your boyfriend has dumped you. These are all things that a lot of people are going through. And what, um, what um, Darren mentioned was, um, you know, 
transferal of um, aggression to other people um creating um you know transferring of aggressions which are creating very um toxic environment so you know these are all signs of somebody that is mentally unwell and mentally unstable so i was like so what i wanted to ask is when it comes to the maintenance of somebody's mental health for the person to have a certain mental uh strength like what do you feel um um, a person needs to maintain their mental wellness and keep it on the good side of the spectrum. Yeah, so I said it's very important to have a community. It's very important to have uh, someone, a group of people that you can talk to from time to time if you have a Because trust me, so there's good stress. Yeah. But there's also bad stress. You know? Yeah. Because if you don't stress in terms of putting in work, you're not going to make money, you're not going to be able to survive. So, but then there's that stress whereby you're overdoing it, you not know, being able to find that balance. You know? And every day as we wake up, the world is trying to distract us, the world is trying to get our attention. Someone is saying something, either your mom, your dad, or friends, you're watching something, you check the feed of social media, it is saying something to you in the subconscious. So, and then there's always fatigue at the end of the day. So, you need mm-hmm. to have a space. Like, I mean, honestly, just talking to you guys, I feel like this has really been therapeutic for me. Just sharing. Me too. As well as, yeah. like, you know, just being in that room of like minds whereby we're like talking. I feel like it's just a normal conversation. Like, this are like, okay, these are the issues when it comes to mental health and And, you know, just being in that atmosphere, which is what conversation actually is all about. Just being in that room of people that understand what's going on. People that can also be brutally honest with you and also have emotional intelligence because you don't, you can still talk to someone that oh, you're feeling down, you're sad. The person just goes, ah, you care, why are you feeling like this? Or it becomes competitive, you know. Yeah. When yeah. someone says they've lost something, someone says, oh, you, the one is a win this, you don't know what I lost, you know, you don't need that kind of thing. You want someone that is pathetic, like, oh, are you serious? So this I feel, oh, this is, you know, someone that can be able to speak to you. And you know, I don't even blame people that feel the way they feel when, when you talk to them and then they say those things. Because they don't know them, like I said. So we need to be able to speak to them and say, okay, fine, you know what? I get where you're coming from, but this is not how you should have said this. Or this is how you should say this. So there still needs to be some sort of sensitization for people to have a deeper understanding as to this is how they should go about it. So yeah. just having a community, seeking professional help for those that can afford to pay for therapy, pay for therapy. If you can join a free support group session, please do join. Yeah. And uh, if you can just find a way of uh, Know, joining communities, communities, platforms, mental health organizations where you can get daily newsletters or you can join a forum where you can have conversations or just participate. It would be really, really good on towards Like you said, like um, you said in the beginning of um what do you call it in the beginning of the of the session it was that um you know a lot of people think that um a mental wellness is sort of a spiritual thing and that when you see somebody is not going there it's like ah their village people is doing them or you know like they've gone to go and do one juju and the juju is coming back to them and do you think that when um religion and is kind of mixed with the discussion on mental health do you think it's detrimental to it or does does it kind of help in certain cases i don't think it's 
innately detrimental, right? Um, I think it's it's still very subjective. I, I think it's still very based on um, personal exposure, right? So mm. whether it's someone that's coming at mental health from a religious you know, perspective or someone that just is plain ignorant, it doesn't even really matter much, right? The whole point is that there's an underlying ignorance. Yeah. Now, the whole idea of mental health, mental stability or mental wellness really is, you know, to be able to, um, you know, go into yourself, to be able to, you know, practice that introspection, to be able to find what centers you. And it could be different things. People practice different things, right? And religion is one of the most popular ones. Yeah. But the, the, the fact remains that if you're ignorant about what mental health is, you can skew, um, you know, the whole concept of it with whatever practice. So it's, it, mm. to me, it's not really about whether it's religious or, you know, it's any other thing. The whole idea, the, the point is, if you have an understanding of it, if you do, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all, right? It actually enhances it because people are encouraged, you know, to find these things that they are affiliated with. These are things that give them joy. These are things that promote peace, you know, and all of that. These are actually things that help stabilize people mentally and emotionally, right? So it, yeah. is, it is a very, it can be a very, very massive tool. I mean, not can be, it is why a lot of people are, in some ways, even mentally healthy or functioning, able to function because of, you know, religion, whatever religion that is. But it's ignorance when, you know, people are not really um, um, cognizant of what, you know, the mental health really is. They now come from, uh, uh, from it, they come to it from a, an ignorant perspective that's what now spoils the whole thing so but i don't think we should throw away the baby with the bathwater i think there's a lot of value in those different practices you know that people affiliate themselves with yeah and uh, i mean so faith faith is really i mean i told you i got out of um, depression yeah so for me it's, it's really very very important for me personally but at the same time i've also learned over the years to respect the faith of other people you know so yeah. people don't want to as a Christian, just hearing you talk about about their and apparently they are new, they are new sets of people. They call themselves be you know, so I'm, I'm learning a lot about you know, different mindsets. But at the same time, faith is really important. There are those that um, connect to faith. That's why we have faith-based therapists. You know, and um, also, um, it's just being able to find a balance. But at the same time, it's very important to be able to discern and make a difference. You know, in terms of, so I feel like we should actually be a study. I'm actually surprised, but maybe this conversation is going to lead me to sort of um, ginger my team and see, um, to have a conversation on faith, you know, faith and mm. mental health, you know, come up with content and see how we can have serious conversations. How do we draw the line between faith and mental health? Should we really yeah. draw the line or are they all connected? Because these are serious questions that you mm. know, we need to be able to find. It. Because honestly, I, I know Christians or people, people that are in faith based might find it difficult to want to speak because honestly, growing up, I, I didn't feel comfortable going to the um, guidance and counseling in the church because I felt like it was just going to be just for them. Because I heard people talking about it in the church. Everyone said, oh, the pastor was using to pray on a Sunday. Saying, 
yeah, that this is what's happening to so family, you know. And when it comes to mental health, people people love confidentiality. People want to feel mm. safe. You know, not just even mental yeah. when people tell you stuff, they want to feel safe that ah, I can bear my heart to you. I can bear my heart to you. Okay, and I know that um, you know, it's safe what I've said is safe. Um so basically we've talked about all of this right now and I wanted to ask what do you think um the role social media would play or is playing right now and will play in the future when it comes to the discussion around mental health? Um it's already playing a huge role right now. Like I said, um a lot of us the the things that we know it's because you know of what technology has um given us the opportunity to know there are a lot of these yeah. things that um now we take in quote for granted that oh and we look down on people that don't know it like how won't you know and just like Dari said you know just really treating people with compassion that yo they're just ignorant right it's not like you should dismiss it they're ignorant and then give them a pass but understand that they don't know so i think um as as much as you know there's different narratives you know around social media about how toxic it is and all of that all of that i think it's a massive educative tool i think it's the reason why you know we're even able to be having these kind of conversations in this part of the world and that's the truth yeah. so i yeah. think really using it to get to everyone that we can that has access to social media that is so key because the amount of work the way word can spread you know on social media is like there's nothing you can compare to it that's the way we can reach people everywhere there are people um besides the people of course that don't have access to smartphones or social media there are people in rural areas that are connected to the internet and they have access to it right there are mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the, the good thing with the internet now right you can you can be here and do anything and you have a platform and people all over the world who see you so in the same way yeah. which it means that people all around are also seeing what we're doing so we can use that platform i think it it's a, it's going to be very key i think right now it's already key but i think also going forward you know we can use it even you know better to reach as many people as we can i mean you asked me about clubhouse that is already an example of the yeah. how we can use social media to um propagate the cause and um yeah that's 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 what i think so um your both of your ngos are really doing awesome things right now and i wanted to ask would you are you would you like to share with us what you guys have planned for the future um with your ngos all right um for us uh, so there's there's an event we do every year called mental speaks so this year we'll be having mental speaks 3 so the event is just to bring people together where we have mental discussions from spoken word how professionals speak have uh, you know therapists around for people to just understand what's going on talk about statistics talk about injuries that are being shown it's just more or less just celebrating the mental culture basically. so that people can um, normalize um, having this conversation get yeah. celebrities to also come in to share um as well so we're going to be having that um we're going to have a sad store go to communities we're going to be having a lot of online activities on zoom for people to join uh mm-hmm. as we'll so i can join yeah you can join you'll be able to join 
I know I still can have like, a conversation with you. Um, yeah. Also, see how we can have physical and virtual support groups as well. So, uh, I think very soon in June, we should have um, some sessions with some you know, bloggers and everything in the coming. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's just about it. Please do support, do donate uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely. I. I just, it's it's such an encouraging thing to see um, a whole subculture of Nigerians just like talking about different things. And it's not all about, um, you know, who is better, Whiskey or Davido or, you know, um, BB Niger and stuff like that. It's like we need to have more platforms and more voices like um, yours. So before we finish, Ibube, um, what do you have planned for the future? Well, one of the things I have planned, like imminently, is to reach out to Derry, you know, to to seek counsel. <laughs> um, you know, thank you for this platform, um, Abuki. You know, to to connect, to give us the opportunity to meet people that can change our destiny. You know, but anyway, so but for real, that's one of the the the, the plans because I've I've also seen you know aside on social media, you know, talk about even social media. I've seen what they do. Mm. I've been following them for a yeah. while, and I've been really impressed. And I'm like, yo, this is this is why you know I do this. This is what I want to do, and this is what I want to be able to do. I saw what they did, you know, going into the community. I was like, hmm, that's impressive. How you know can you do that? How can you even make that possible? So basically, one of the things uh, that we're doing is to bring the, the the conversations we're having virtually. We're trying to bring it to the physical space, um, kind of similar to what Dari said, really. Uh, but of course, we're based in Abuja, so we're going to be functioning in Abuja for now. And just creating those spaces, at least let's say once a month, depending on you know how our plans go, or maybe quarterly, where people can come around um, and we have you know create spaces where people can actually talk, um, be heard, and be educated. Uh, we believe in art-based yeah. therapy, so we are going to be doing a lot of like you know art infusion in our events. Mm. We're partnering with you know, different, you know, forms of art or using different forms of art really uh, to engage people and to, you know, draw people in. Um, that's Those are some of the things we're working on currently. Then there's this post, um, kind of like post-Easter uh, campaign we're on where we are helping people declutter. You know, speaking of mental and emotional wellness, one of the things that also affected is, is you know, a cluttered space. And yeah. it's... it's so we're helping people mentally by helping them give while connecting them with people that need, right? Yeah. So it's 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 what so it's actually what we're working on that right now. Just receiving donations from people, things that are not they are not garbage stuff, but they are things that you know you absolutely don't need, but they are things that yeah. you know that someone definitely needs, right? So mm-hmm. just being creating that bridge where. You know, we help people declutter and as well, you know, giving is also therapeutic. So giving that opportunity for them to give while also meeting a need. Uh, Those are some of the, you know, imminent things that we're working on. Oh, that's, that's pretty, that's really, really good. Like, um, it's also like a lot of things affect the mental health of a human being. A lot of things like food, you understand, like the way they live, sometimes just decluttering, just taking things away. And, you know, just taking them away so you can see the bigger picture, see, like, 
it's it's just opening and all that and it's such a good view on it but i really want to say a huge thank you like a huge a huge and immense uh what 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 a gigantic a humongous <laughs> a what 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 is there again let's there's a what had this senator that likes to talk with words that nobody ever understands but <laughs> well like i'd like to say a huge thank you to the both of you for being here today it's been such 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 a huge blessing to me and i'm sure to everybody who is listening so if you would plug your instagram uh, 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 uh. yeah yeah but i'm the able ago everywhere on insert on social media t-h-e the able ago and uh our NGO is called we only healing that's what it is on instagram as well all right so uh asad's instagram is a-s-a-d-s dot e-i instagram wow twitter is a-s-a-d-s underscore e-i so it's a-s-a-d-s dot e-i for instagram why a-s-a-d-s underscore e-i for twitter why on facebook and linkedin it's suicide and depression squad why my own personal page Daria Asobele, E-R-E-A-S-O-B-E-L-E on Instagram and at Asobele90JR on Twitter. So that's A-S-O-B-E-L-E-90JR. And on LinkedIn, it's Daria Asobele. Facebook, Daria Asobele. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my people. It is we've sadly we've just come to the end of this episode. Like it's been such a vibe, it's been such a good time. Like I have to say a huge thank you again to Daria and Abel Bay. Like I've never met two people that you just you know you wouldn't just vibe with and we talked about so many important things and you know Aja, it's 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 really just making me super excited to share this with you but anyways like if you know anybody that needs help if you know anybody that needs a face safe space to talk about whatever their problem is mentally physically you know know that these two companies we all need healing and Assads are here to provide whatever you need and they provide also sp- safe spaces for you to talk about whatever you need to talk about to get stuff off your chest and all that so support them if you can donate if you know other people that could donate donate too but thank you so much anyways i have to say goodbye but before i do don't forget to follow the podcast on instagram on socials lipatid everywhere just follow us follow 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 i can i can already hear the everywhere but yeah that's it for me today it is me your host omobukola your very bougie vexer and i'll see you next time on the next episode of let's eat pizza and talk about eba